You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely. Therefore, the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Good morning, I'm Michelle Zakin, Head of Payments and Commercialization for Continental Europe, and I will be discussing with Marco Hughes uh, today, our Head of Payments and Cards for Europe, um, on different topics around real-time payments, notably what are the trends um, when we look at domestic real-time payment um, solutions, but equally the benefits of SWIFT's GPI, which was launched in 2017, and how this has increased the transparency of cross-border flows. And I'd like to close with real-time treasury, as this has become a reality for our customers in their day-to-day activities, as we see uh, the adoption of API-based technology. Marco, to start with, I'd like you to provide us with a quick overview of the corporate client expectations after a year of turbulence and uncertainty. What has changed in the payment landscape? Let me open with a kind of a few words that I believe characterize the expectations from our corporates and and consumers in today's payment landscapes. Uh, I think the words that I would pull out would be convenience, simplicity, and security. I'll kind of try and unbox some of that. So our our clients are increasingly expecting better data. They're expecting us to deliver payments in real time that enable treasuries, teams uh, to have informed decisions uh, around their liquidity management and to make instant payments in a secure environment that protects them against fraud. So we see corporates increasingly expanding their capabilities to process information from the data lake. You know, the cloud is a really great enabler and it really significantly reduces costs. So uh, corporate clients are coming to us with increased expectations to move the kind of experience they see in retail banking into their corporate world with real-time payments uh, and managing liquidity 24-7. Now, when it comes to the pandemic, we've seen some interesting acceleration in in, in that space, Uh, particularly um, when I think of things that I might call legacy, you know, things like cash on delivery, uh, using of checks uh, and direct debits, and much more into use of alternative payments, notably things like e-wallets, contactless payments with cards and, and around the globe, uh, request for payment functionality that has been developed on the back of real-time payment schemes. And so that's given our corporate treasury clients a much greater focus in their ability to manage operational uh, regulatory and business risk. So, that you know, in summary, that's kind of a focus of more optimization, more fluidity they're expecting from us but along their own journeys as they service their own customers. And we see our clients really coming to us looking for innovative technology and and digital payment solutions. And I guess this is where I'd like to bring in regulation um, and the modernization of payment infrastructures, because I believe that we can see how this is playing such a strong part in shaping the payments landscape. And in fact, I think it'd be good to to spend a bit of time on open banking and how this has also um, introduced itself into our our payments landscape. And when you talk about modernization and you talk about customer journey, I think there's a real story behind open banking. Yeah, so uh, a good point there. So open banking is it's both a global trend and it's a European regulatory obligation. So looking at it in a few words, it revolves around 
Now, the standardization of how banks share their own data and how customers share their data uh, with us. And that doesn't matter if they're a, a corporate customer, a fintech, or a third-party payment uh, provider via you know, things that we know, uh, this new terminology of application programming interfaces or APIs, and, and doing that in a very secure and resilient manner uh, and promoting for us you know, the development of a whole new bunch of services and solutions that we can offer clients. So open banking can be both regulatory, you know, we see this across Europe, but in other markets as well, like Mexico uh, and Australia, um, or it can be really kind of market driven as a strong demand within the market itself. And we see that a lot in, say, places like Singapore and Hong Kong. Uh, and, you know, they drive a lot of innovation in that space. So in Europe, I come specifically to Europe, uh, we've got the payment service directive uh, number two uh, around open banking, and that provides a legal framework for users to consume data and initiate payments depending on whether they're acting uh, as an AISP or a PISP. Uh, and we're really seeing an evolution in that open banking and the relationships between uh, ourselves uh, uh, as a bank with other banks, uh, with fintechs, uh, corporates, already across the ecosystem in light of the kind of services that we can now develop for the benefit of everyone. Uh, and so we're looking really at solid, long-term uh, and cost-effective solutions that we can bring to the market. That is quite a change that we're seeing in the market. And in, I think in the coming years, we're going to see how open banking is going to provide new opportunities um, to, to customers, uh, whether in the retail or, or corporate sector. But again, you know, regulation has its arms in a lot of different places. And I would say all this transformational change um, is also driven through the modernization of payment infrastructures and actually the embedding of the global ISO 20022 format, which in fact is going to provide greater transparency on end-to-end -end flows. And again, we were talking about data earlier on, uh, this will improve the quality of data. And it's very important for our customers today that um, they be able to access quality data. But now what I'd like to do is turn to real-time payments um, and how in this dynamic landscape, um, this is equally impacting our customers in their day-to-day -day, um, activity. So maybe just a quick view of what's happening in the different regions. But then again, uh, I'd like us to then come back to Europe. Yeah, sure. So real-time payments, really exciting. And it's not just a trend uh, anymore, it's reality. We have 50 markets around the world which have real-time payment schemes launched. And in HSBC, uh, across our uh, markets, we have 20 schemes live uh, around the globe. And specifically within in Europe, there are four. So we've got the UK, France, Netherlands, and, and Ireland, and a lot more still to come uh, through the remainder of this year and into next. And really, what we're seeing is a real acceleration in the use of, of real-time payments, a dramatic acceleration in the use of electronic payments and the movement away from cash and checks, especially you know, that reliance on real time and digital that enables. So we're seeing industry reports where, you know, it's increasing, say, even 41% uh, last year compared to the previous year. Uh, and we're seeing that trend continuing as we enter this year as well. Specifically within Europe, uh, definitely a clear strategy as defined by the European Central Bank to promote uh, European retail solutions and, and a full deployment of that instant payment solution, uh, including uh, cross-border payments beyond just the EU, uh, as well as looking to all players and banks included to support innovation and digitization. Um, 
across Europe, uh, it really depends on the market. Um, it's been slow to start in some markets. Other markets, there is stronger adoption. Um, you know, France is just beginning on that journey. Spain is much more advanced already. About 35% of banks and clients are enabled on real-time payments. You know, Netherlands is uh, definitely a leader across Europe in processing instant payments. Um, and in October of last year, we passed a milestone of 500 million instant payments between the different banks, et cetera, within the ecosystem that's been reached. Um, and I think really we're on the cusp in Europe of a big change with regards to uh, separate credit transfer instant usage. Um, and we're going to see a further increase on that as the European Central Bank's clearing system, known as Target's instant payment uh, settlement, so TIPS, that's the pan-regional scheme that joins all the instant payment schemes of the individual countries together. And that will all be linked up together uh, from uh, the third quarter of this year. And that really means that separate instance embedded accounts become reachable, not just within a country in Europe, but across the entire uh, Eurozone. And that's really laying the foundations for some really exciting products on things like uh, request to pay uh, functionality that we're seeing really take off in other markets around the globe. So quite a bit on real-time payments in domestic and the European landscape and, and what that means. Um, but if we look a bit further, Marco, real-time payments has actually transposed itself into the cross-border payments experience of our corporate treasurers. Um, and there's been such change in this space, and notably with the success of SWIFT GPI. So maybe just a quick overview again here on what this means, I would say, from the actual um, um, implementation of SWIFT GPI and maybe um, then the benefits to our customers. Yeah, sure. So uh, it only feels like yesterday, but in fact, it was back in 2017 that, that SWIFT GPI was launched at a, as an industry initiative on, on improving uh, the cross-border payment experience uh, uh, um, between the markets uh, around the world. And the key point about SWIFT GPI was the introduction, and it sounds really simple, of a unique end-to-end uh, transaction reference, a UETR, which is carried on in the, in the header of the payment messages, et cetera. And it's that unique end-to-end tracking reference number that has allowed uh, banks to really optimize their flows around the world, see where their bottlenecks, remove them, uh, et cetera, uh, but also really have a look at how quickly payments are actually arriving uh, and probably what's been the big surprise to, to, to us. Because I think that there is a real belief that cross-border payments take a long time um, and uh, are always very difficult. But actually, we know within our own flows in HSBC, and we're a significant player in, in this market, uh, that 56% of our flows arrive in the beneficiary's account at whatever bank that is in, in the world uh, with 56% of the time within 30 minutes. And that's about 150 currencies that we track uh, around the world. And in fact, uh, over 95% of our payments arrive at their destination uh, account, not with the bank, but the account uh, of the customer, the 95% within 24 hours. So some really exciting moves in that space. And it's kind of really beginning to kind of debunk that myth that the cross-border element is very lengthy. So clearly, um, it's been a game changer for, um, I would say, correspondent banking and cross-border flows. But I believe for HSBC, we have greatly um, invested in SWIFT GPI. Um, can you give us a quick overview of, of what we've done in this space? 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, it sounds obvious. HSBC is a global transactional bank that really focuses on uh, cross-border uh, transactions and, and trade. So undoubtedly, we, we, we tend to focus a lot in this space and we're very proud of our record uh, in it. Um, for example, some of the numbers I'd mentioned earlier on an industry basis, which is 95% within 24 hours, but within our HSBC space, it's actually 99% of our flows uh, are of the same day value. You know, our propositions cover uh, 113 currencies, uh, which provide that end-to-end tracking to more than 55 markets uh, around the world. And in fact, our clients via uh, our our front-end internet uh, tool, HSBC Net, are able to track that payment all the way through to the destination and know uh, bar alerts, et cetera, exactly where that payment is and that it has arrived. And in fact, uh, we've also enhanced that for some of our higher-end corporate customers who actually have direct host-to-host connectivity between their IT systems and our bank un- under something called GPI uh, for corporates, uh, G4C for short. They're able actually to get that status in real time directly into their own systems. Uh, and it really is a real massive game changer in improving reconciliation, them understanding their working capital, uh, dealing with, you know, has the person that uh, is sending them their goods and services being paid, you know, they've got proof, et cetera. It's massively improved their whole uh, user experience in, in relation to it. And, you know, in HSBC, we're, we're one of only 11 uh, financial institutions that's able to maintain that GPI tracking even into the US dollar uh, real-time growth settlement system chips, uh, and likewise into Fedwire in, in the US, and for Amimbi uh, into into SIPs, uh, we're one of only four FIs who can do that, and, and even for Japan, we're one of only uh, five FIs that are able to go directly into their clearing system as well, maintaining that unique end-to-end tracking reference number. And so we've seen a big, uh, you know, quite a lot of interest from our clients in this space. We're very proud of our record. Really, um, when we look at real-time payment solutions and uh, SWIFT GPI, I think what we're saying is that at the end of the day, from a treasurer's point of view, this is transforming their day-to-day activities. And we can see that new business models um, are emerging. I think it'd be interesting to give a a view of how treasurers um, are going to be using these new payment uh, methods um, into their day-to-day activities. And I know we've had regular discussions with our treasurers um, and and how they are trying to embed this, um, not only um, in today's Um, environment for them, but what it will look like tomorrow and what are the investments they need to make and how their business models will evolve. What's your thoughts on that? So I think there's a lot of change to come in that space, Michelle. So, um, you know, we know that a lot of our clients are really preparing for the future direction uh, with regards to the ability that all this increased use of data and all this increased real-time payment information that we come in, because let's not also forget that with things like ISO 20022, a lot of these payments that are in rich data, so there's a lot more information uh, in, in relation to what the payment is for um, and, and what it's being used uh, and whereabout it, it is. So there'll be enhancements required on their existing treasury management solutions their, or, or their uh, ERP systems to enable them to catch all that real-time payment uh, data and process it efficiently, right? So what kind of MI do they actually maybe want to bring even up to the board level within their own company, et cetera, that's going to allow them to know where their flows are, uh, where their services have been paid for, et cetera. So it's going to really help them optimize their, their working capital in, in relation to that. And, and also provide real information 
beyond just the treasury information into terms of things like logistics, uh, what goods are being sold faster, et cetera. Um, and it's also going to de-risk an awful lot about what, what it is they're doing. So, you know, their, their existing operations, all the things around managing fraud, cybersecurity uh, in a real-time payment environment is, you know, needs to be closely watched and managed. They need to understand the impl- implications, really, the fact that money goes out and arrives much quicker and make sure they've got the right tools to protect, you know, their own organization as well as their supplier and customer changes, uh, chains in relation to that. Um, so, you know, that whole thing, this whole experience is about managing data, being very agile in your decision making process is going to massively enhance and enable that, you know, the use of API technology that's going to allow our, our customers to interrogate specific information to produce analysis that's really going to enable that for them. So, you know, we provide that kind of API functionality across uh, 50 markets already, you know, connectivity that's instant, instant access to your financial account data, instant initiation of payment instructions securely between, you know, your own corporate treasury system and, and our banking system globally. So it's really, really uh, exciting. You know, we're looking to digitize at scale in relation to this to really help our customers automate their end-to-end interaction with us as a bank as best as they can. I guess just a few concluding words, Marco, um, with all of this exciting changes that's coming and we can see that um, our customers are are really uh, moving into a very uh, dynamic real-time environment where quality of data is going to be key. And and I think we can say very comfortably that, you know, HSBC is keen um, to be um, very close to their customers um, in helping them in not only their domestic, but their international activity. So that we're very keen to be supportive of their businesses across the regions. Marco, thank you for your time today. I think it's been an an interesting journey discussing about real-time payments um, and SWIFT GPI and APIs. Um, So thank you for for spending a bit of time with me. Oh, Michelle, it's been a pleasure to share the passion that we have here in HSBC and the whole cash management payments and liquidity space. So uh, thank you for, for inviting me along to talk. And I'd like to give a big thank you to our audience uh, for for listening in uh, today. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to your relationship manager um, and we'd be happy to provide you more information. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.